Hello everyone, I'm Frank Garza with Lean Startup Company, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show. Today's topic is how to turn data and metrics into the right kind of action, and moderating the discussion is our own Lean Startup Company faculty lead, Marilyn Gorman. Our guest is author, professional speaker, and consultant, Mark Graben. In Marilyn and Mark's conversation, they discuss why you shouldn't react equally to every uptick or downturn in a business metric, how to distinguish between signal and noise and metrics and respond accordingly, which includes not overreacting, how to use process behavior charts to make better management decisions, and much, much more. So with that, I'll hand things off to Marilyn. Well, hi, Mark. It is so great to see you today. Thanks so much for joining me for this uh, webcast. I'm really excited to have the conversation with you. But I have to tell you, Mark, you're looking pretty good today. I, it seems like there's something different than when we saw you last year at the Lean Startup Conference in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're too kind. I would say maybe more different than good. But uh, I shaved this morning for uh, fully shaved fully for the first time in about 15 years uh, because some coworkers of mine uh, are joining the annual uh, Movember uh, fundraiser for uh, men's health awareness and promotion. So I'm going to be growing a mustache this morning. <laughs> That's not a bad decision. <laughs> It's like starting with a, a whole new frame of reference, I'm sure. Yeah, I, feel, I can't do the thoughtful. <laughs> it doesn't look the same. Anyway, it looks great. Um, so, so let's get started. You know, um, Mark, you've written this book, uh, Measures of Success, React Less, Lead Better, and Improve More. And, and what was your motivation behind writing this book? Well, um, you know, I've seen, you know, in over you know, 20 years working in at first manufacturing companies and then a software company and then working with different healthcare organizations and also being involved with the startup the last seven years. You know, there's certain patterns and, mm -hmm. and trends of how organizations display metrics, how they uh, react to metrics because, you know, everybody's got goals and objectives and targets. And there's a lot of um, the, the, the action or reaction or maybe even overreaction mm -hmm. that occurs every time there's an up and down uh, in metrics, you know, and, and people feel like they're taking action, but it might not always be the right action. And so, you know, I wrote the book to try to help people out in different industries. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Eric Reese talks a lot about avoiding vanity metrics. And, and that's a really important question, looking at what to measure. Mm -hmm. But then once we decide what to measure, I think there are also some ways uh, that where we could avoid, um, you know, improvement theater to kind of borrow and adapt one of Eric's <laughs> other phrases. You know, are we trying to make it look like things are improving or are we really looking at metrics in a way that helps us determine you know, with some simple statistical methods, uh, is it the appearance of improvement or is it really statistically valid improvement? Those are things that I've seen be really helpful. Yeah, and I think it's, it's uh, something that is critically important with the, the kind of industrial companies that I've worked with too. While they may say they're taking a long-term approach, they're also running quarter to quarter. 
and, and based on those quarter to quarter numbers. And I suspect mm -hmm. we'll come back to that point in a little bit. But what yeah. I also loved about your book is its simplicity. I'm not a numbers nerd. Um, and so I loved your starting point of these three core questions. Are we achieving our target or not? Are we improving and how do we improve? Mm -hmm. But again, I've uh, often seen leaders and I suspect you have as well. Leaders don't trust simplicity. They mm -hmm. think it has to be something more complicated, more difficult. So how have you helped your customers recognize that straightforward is sometimes better to get to the truth of those metrics? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big challenge. Um, you know, there, it, there can oftentimes be elegance in simplicity. I mean, I think that's part of the appeal of the broader lean methodology, where, you know, it roots in lean manufacturing. Um, I think the lean startup movement um, may have people look at it and say, well, hmm, that, that, that's simple. We, we want complex approaches to analyzing problems. And, you know, I think uh, we, we can try to help show people what's possible. And, you know, I think, the, you know, the lean startup movement and its emphasis on um, experiments, mm -hmm. we can adapt to build, measure, learn cycle. You know, there's people who've read my book who said, okay, I'm really excited. I want to try these methods, but my leaders are happy with the way we're doing things now. <laughs> that, that's a, you know, we, we, instead of pushing, you know, I've tried to learn through my career, you know, there's a certain psychology uh, that happens when you go pushing ideas, no matter how well intended or how valid, people tend to push back. I'm sure this happens, you know, uh, people read the startup way and go back to their big corporation and say, we need to do an internal lean startup. And the executives might say, well, no, the way we do things, the way we try to innovate is fine. So, you know, there's times where people have just gone and tried to do some examples, take some of the data that the organization's looking at and maybe overreacting to uh, not just quarterly, but maybe they're overreacting weekly mm -hmm. and, you know, convert, you know, two data point comparisons, right? You know, I get these emails from Google analytics every month. Uh, your web traffic is up 12%. That, what, what is, is that a meaningful, is that noise in the metric or is it a meaningful signal? So when you take your data, plot it as a run chart or a line chart, and then calculate um, using this process behavior chart methods. There's some simple math to calculate uh, from your baseline data, something we call natural process limits, kind of above and below the average of where a chart is running. Sometimes just seeing that visualization is really eye-opening to people because, you know, I was fortunate to have been exposed to this methodology very early in my career. And sometimes when you show people, compare and contrast, here's the way we're visualizing our metrics now, here's a different way. Sometimes that's really eye-opening. Mm. And um, you know, so sometimes just trying a, a test of change, building an example, trying to build some stories. You know, I know people who have gone and uh, you know, seen some initial benefit from using these methods and show that to their leaders, that might spark more interest. So. Um, that, well, those are some of the things I've tried. It, it, it sounds like, and I apologize if I interrupted you, it, it no, sounds right. like it, it's, you could also be doing this in parallel. In other words, what's the mm -hmm. harm if you try to run your standard metrics and then apply your methodology to see what can you learn? Does it help mm -hmm. you to get a better perspective on what those numbers are actually telling you? Because there's a, a, a saying I, I like a lot, uh, which is common sense isn't always common practice. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so if we can help people 
think about things in a simple way, which makes them easier to understand, we're more likely to get some learning from that. Yeah. But to come back to that point, uh, you know, so many leaders, so many companies are focusing on quarter to quarter or to your point, even shorter term metrics. So mm -hmm. what makes it a problem for them to overreact to every up and down metric? We, we, we need to push for continual improvement. We want to feel like right. we're moving ahead. So what's the, what's the problem here? So I think the problem is when leaders you know, react Mm -hmm. um, to every up and down in a metric, when they ask people um, to go do a root cause analysis for every data point that's worse than average, you know, there are these different rules of thumb where sure, I mean, ideally you want to see a metric going up every single time period. Yeah. The reality oftentimes though is uh, a metric is just fluctuating around an average. Now that could be a flat horizontal average a metric like um, you know customer acquisition rate could be fluctuating around an average of forty uh, percent, um, or we might have a growth trajectory where the number of inbound leads through our website is is increasing at a roughly linear rate, but the metric is now fluctuating around that growth trajectory. So uh, you know when when we use statistical methods to look at this variation and there's there's variation in every metric it's a question of um, how much variation is is there normally um, when when we ask for explanations or a root cause uh, for every up and down um, you know we're we're missing the opportunity to better dedicate our time uh, to situations when there is a statistically meaningful signal in the data and you know if we have a metric that is fluctuating and it's all essentially noise uh, in the metric and we need to improve well you know there are ways of going about that you know i think the the reactive uh, approach you know that that asked for you know a five wise analysis for every single data point um, you know if if a metric's just fluctuating and we need to boost average performance um, we're probably not going to find the answers to that in the reactive what happened last week questioning so we can step back and be more systematic yeah. and this is where the broader lean methodology um, gives us problem solving methodologies um, sometimes called a3 thinking or you know toyota based problem solving methods um, that go a little bit beyond a five wise methodology to really kind of help us try to improve a system instead of just reacting to a data point yeah no, well, that makes perfect sense. You know, just thinking about it myself from a more personal perspective too, this takes a little bit of self-awareness on the part of the leaders mm -hmm. to be considering, am I overreacting? And also I see a risk here sometimes is when people do overreact, often the first response is also, who do I blame? What are we uh, doing wrong? Right, is right. it the customers? Is it my sales team? Is it manufacturing? What yeah. is it? So how can leaders know if they are overreacting to their metrics? Yeah, so, you know, the first thing we do, you know, as I mentioned earlier, is, is literally just um, plot the dots. There's, there's a group in England that are actually uh, more healthcare-based healthcare in the National Health Service there. And when they share uh, things on Twitter about methodologies like this, they use a hashtag plot the dots. So I love that phrase. First, plot the dots, draw a chart. When we visualize data, we can start to see, does it look like there's a trend? Does it look like there's been an upward shift in performance? Um, or is it just fluctuating? 
But then we can apply, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we can add three other lines to the chart. We can draw an average. And a lot of times you see a metric is just fluctuating. Guess what? Roughly half the data points are above average, half the data points are below average. Or again, if we've got an increasing trend, half the data points might be above the trend and half might be below the trend. So sometimes that alone gives insight when people say, well, okay, I see the longer term trend to your point from earlier, let's not overreact to the short term fluctuation or noise. But then we draw two other lines, the upper, the lower and upper natural process limits as they're called. So, you know, people uh, in, in lean and lean startup and other methodologies talk about the voice of the customer. Mm -hmm. the, a chart like this is what we call the voice of the process. And the process is telling us based on our, our baseline data and how much it tends to fluctuate, those lower and upper limits are calculated in a way that helps us determine sort of a range of expected variation. Mm -hmm. So now we can apply some rules that are based in statistics and probability um, that where we don't have to guess if it's a signal. There's, there's basically three rules we use. If you see a single data point above or below those limits, that's very, very unlikely to statistically randomly occur. That's a, what we call a signal that there's either been a shift in the system or we've perhaps done something intentionally to change the system. And seeing that data point that's significantly higher um, helps us in our hypothesis testing. A second rule um, is you know, to look for eight consecutive data points that are either above or below the baseline average. Mm -hmm. So I think you know, there's a trap people fall into where they make a change to a system. They look at the next data points results and say, okay, we made a change, the performance is better. We'll pat ourselves on the back and, 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 and you know, we think we've proved that it improves, but that uptick might've been just within the range of routine variation. But now if we see not four, not six, but eight consecutive data points, that would be a statistically valid signal that says we've shifted performance. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third rule, um, it's a little more esoteric, looking at a cluster of data points that are closer to a limit than they are to the average. But you know, I think one of the keys here is that, um, a couple of keys is that the math is simple, mm -hmm. the methodology is visual, Mm -hmm. and, and again, it helps leaders filter out, okay, that's just noise. That doesn't mean we can't improve the system, but when there's a signal, that's when it's worth reacting mm -hmm. and asking what happened. And, and to your point, not asking who, <laughs> not punishing or blaming somebody um, for, for that change. You know, we really need to look at things from a systems perspective and, and this methodology helps us do that. Well, and it, it, again, it is so aligned with the Lean Startup approach because data is king. And in this instance, we're using data to make smart decisions, even if those decisions are do nothing because the data is not yet telling you that there's enough of a signal there right. to make a change. Yeah, and, and it might, it might, the data might be, the chart might be telling you to do, it might be telling you do nothing or it might be telling you take a step back take a breath, think systemically, exactly. instead of that sort of knee-jerk, uh, continual reaction. But there was a funny line somebody um, said when we were, we were talking about the book, and they said, well, uh, they, they said their organization was data-driven, yeah. but the problem is they only use two data points. Uh -huh. 
And so there, there's data-driven and then there's really data-driven where I try to encourage people, don't think of, you know, back to the first question you mentioned earlier, are we hitting our goal? Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at individual data points, look at the longer term trend and, and if there's an average level of performance, are, you know, we can evaluate against the target that way. And instead of overreacting to every up and down, again, try to do things that shift the average level of performance up, or maybe we can shrink variation in performance. Sure. Yeah. Again, makes perfect sense. So up till now, it, you know, our listeners may have felt like we were talking about large enterprises. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how you can apply this thinking in practice for a startup? That mm -hmm. could be considerably smaller. Yeah, so I've, I've been involved with um, a startup company called Kinexus. In fact, it's grown enough, maybe it's now just a small, a small company that's still growing quickly. But, um, you know, in, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, we would have team meetings and um, everyone, you know, was kind of reporting out. And the marketing director, she would always report numbers like web traffic and leads and you know she, she would say things like well you know the number was higher than it was last week or that number is above average and sometimes you know if, if the answer was well uh, the number the website traffic is down and our ceo not in a blamey judgmental way i think he was just asking questions he, he would ask well um maggie do you know why traffic was down and she'd say i don't know uh, but let me go look into it. And so then, you know, I, I finally clued in. I, I, it took me a little while. I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. We're just, uh, we're, we're just talking about two data point comparisons. Some weeks it's up, some weeks it's down. When the week is up, nobody's really asking why was traffic up. But the punchline of the story is that there was really no reason either way. The number, when we plotted it and looked at it, was really just fluctuating. Mm -hmm. There was an average level of web traffic. There was an average number of uh, what they call tier one leads. And so I, we, we charted it and, and, and Maggie and Greg, the CEO, started trying to practice this new behavior. And Maggie, they, they, here was the, the, the time savings kicked in. So Maggie, how much time would you spend digging into the Google Analytics and um, other analytical tools? And she said, oh, I'd probably spend an hour, maybe more, to come up with really no clear answer because there was no root cause for those changes. So over time, you know, what I encouraged her was, well, now that you're not doing that research, now that the CEO is not asking you to do that research, you could spend that time in a more productive way. So she was going out and, and creating uh, more content and, and doing other things that would um, improve that system in, in, in increase traffic, increase conversion rates. She was working on the system instead of cooking up answers uh, for the fluctuation. Well, then we started seeing, uh, in the chart, we started seeing um, a trend upward. And we started seeing, okay, now we've got eight data points above the old average. Mm -hmm. The system has improved. And, and that wasn't happening in that sort of reactive cycle. It, it freed up time and um, sort of, you know, put the focus I think where it should have been. Then we started seeing for a while, it was increasing linearly with some of that fluctuation. Mm -hmm. And then it went into a period where it again flattened out. But um, Greg, the CEO, and Maggie, the marketing director, and, and others within our team um, have really come to believe in this methodology because mm -hmm. you know, I think everything um, they were doing in the past had been well-intended, but 
you know, just wasn't as effective as it could have been. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you know, you're raising a great alignment with Lean Startup, which is stop wasting time doing things that are not adding value. Yeah. And if you're tracking numbers in too short a period, where's the value? Because it's mm -hmm. not telling you what you need to know. Yeah. So can you use this approach to evaluate a hypothesis that you might have about how you could improve results? Because when, mm -hmm. when I'm thinking, when Maggie started working on those other things, perhaps even though it may not have been articulated, she had an idea that if we do some of these activities, it'll add value to our process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the process behavior charts help you detect there's a signal. Um, you, you discover that, let's say, uh, you know, new user sign-up rates are down dramatically one day. Well, somebody might not have noticed that some sort of uh, API, I'm not real technical, but some sort of API or something in the website was broken and nobody had discovered that yet. Yeah. So sometimes a, a signal causes you to react and go put things back to where they were. Mm -hmm. But then there are times when we're intentionally framing an improvement hypothesis. Um, where we make a change and then, like, like I said earlier, instead of reacting or, you know, looking for one or two data points, no, one data point, if it's a big jump, mm -hmm. that might be a signal. But a lot of times, you know, we see a jump, a, a small medium uptick and people might declare victory too soon or they may give up on a change too quickly. And, you know, there's other dynamics or sometimes around learning curves or mm -hmm. sometimes when you institute a change, a metric gets worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, the process behavior chart methodology, you know, allows people to look um, for these signals of either the real quick and large effect when the data jumps quickly or to say, well, we've, we've, we've made uh, a small jump where the single data point wasn't a signal but now we have those eight consecutive data points mm -hmm. that tell us we've actually shifted performance. So that I think helps strengthen people's cause and effect thinking. We've made a change, now let's evaluate that hypothesis in a, a statistically valid way. That's certainly one way to use this methodology. And then there, there's, there's a challenge though sometimes where there's, this, there's the improvement story people want to tell Mm -hmm. And then there's a story the data is actually telling. And, you know, there are times, unfortunately, where uh, inadvertently or intentionally we can, we can massage the data or we can cherry pick numbers mm -hmm. to make it look like we're improving. But I think it falls into that category where, you know, if you're, if you're really only fooling yourself or you're only hurting yourself, if you don't take that honest view of, you know, if, if we haven't improved, then we need to continue working on the system instead of, again, I'll, I'll, I'll use Eric's success theater. For, exactly. Just what I was. We don't want improvement theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, we want to avoid success theater at all costs. And so yeah. what about when you're not meeting your goals and objectives, but your process is, 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 or your system is pretty stable and predictable. How does this apply then? Well, so, you know, we, yeah, when you talk about a predictable system, a metric that's just fluctuating within those limits, um, the bad news might be it's not reaching our goals and objectives. The good news is, well, at least it's predictable. So, you know, nobody has a crystal ball, but let's say we have a metric that is performing well, mm -hmm. before coming back to the improvement question. If we have a metric that's performing well and it's predictable, 
um, we could probably sleep well at night that that system is going to continue. A predictable system tends to remain predictable until something changes and the charts can help us detect when something has changed so we can react perhaps before uh, we dip below our goal. So that's one way we can use it. But if we're not performing where we need to be, you know, I think this is where, um, like we've talked about already, there's that opportunity to step back and be systematic. Mm -hmm. How do we boost the average performance of the system? Again, I think is a different question than uh, what went wrong last month, or let's say if we had a bit of an uptick. Yeah. Ah, what was different last month? Well, maybe the answer is nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I think this, this, um, this mindset of learning how to distinguish between noise and signal, mm -hmm. using a little bit of math and using the, the, the visual charts, um, I, I think that helps people, um, again, make tighter connections between uh, things we're, we're, we're doing to try to improve the system and the actual performance of the system so that we can, um, you know, I think just have, have better learning and, and more improvement. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I, I take your point about better learning, which is really what we're trying to use metrics for, to, to learn, to use past history as a way of considering what do we need to do in the future to get better, to your point, mm -hmm. to, to help improve and how can we improve. Yeah. Um, but this is a struggle and it's a struggle mm -hmm. for a lot of startups and even uh, for enterprises who just have difficulty with defining metrics and then staying with the plan. We so often hear that, and it's true that lean startup mm -hmm. is about moving faster, but I also hear you say you have to have the patience to not react to every single mm -hmm. thing that you're seeing from week to week. Yeah, so, I think patience yeah. and, and sometimes <laughs> discipline and you know, more frequent metrics I think are a good thing because again, if we're looking for those eight consecutive data points that indicate a shift in performance, mm -hmm. eight days, you know, if we have a daily metric, eight days is better than waiting eight months. Yes. But this methodology, uh, you know, be, because there will be more day-to-day -day variation in, in most every metric, um, the, the way we calculate those limits scales mm -hmm. prevent us from overreacting to changes in the daily metrics. And it, it helps us prove cause and effect in mm -hmm. our improvement hypothesis more quickly if we have a daily or let's say a weekly metric. Yeah, so, so let, me, let me bring this to a close today. Mark, by asking you what, what advice or encouragement do you have for these enterprises or startups who really struggle with how can I measure, how can I know what's happening, how can I do that consistently? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I would ask people to you know reflect a little bit on some of their current practices. Are they um, looking at tables of numbers? Are they reporting out two data point comparisons? And and if so, what happens when you visualize the data as a run chart or you know Excel calls it a line chart? Um, sometimes that simple practice can be helpful. From a reaction standpoint, you know, kind of reflect on. Are we reacting in this really binary way? Well, let's say if we're better than goal, we label that green. If we're worse than goal, we label it red. So sometimes it's just this binary. If it's green, hooray, good, nothing to look at. Red, bad, do a root cause analysis. That's not always the most helpful way of reacting. So you know, uh, 
I would say, you know, draw a chart, see what the voice of the process tells you. You might not like what the voice of the process is saying, but I think that, um, I think to me, there's connections here with um, lean startup approaches. We need to look at our data and our performance uh, honestly. Yes. You know, uh, the voice of the process will um, often point us in the right direction of, you know, do we improve in kind of a, a quick reaction mode or can we step back and, and be more systematic? Um, I, I, I would encourage people, um, hopefully people can give this a try. And, you know, I'm looking for, uh, you know, more reports and examples where I think, you know, within startups, I think within venture capital firms, looking at metrics and reports from portfolio companies, um, I'd, I'd be curious to see what people try and learn. I think that's uh, an excellent idea. And I really appreciate you calling up the actual words that I had in my own head, which was, this is about being honest. Again, mm -hmm. being a little bit self-aware, having the courage to say, I don't think that we're looking at this in the right way. And anybody in a team has the opportunity to say that. Yeah. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. This thank has you, been Marilyn. really interesting. And uh, I am not a numbers person, so I don't say that oh. very often. <laughs> yeah. the, well, uh, the, the, the biggest, um, the praise I was really happy uh, to get, there's a friend of mine who does lean work in different types of service companies and sometimes manufacturing. Yeah. And this is his words, no offense to English majors at all. He said, <laughs> I'm an English major. I've never read, I would never pick up a book about math or statistics, but he said it was uh, understandable, it was enjoyable, and he's been applying some of these methods with his clients. And, you know, they, they, I think a lot of times people get scared off by mm -hmm. uh, the real hardcore statistical analysis that we were taught in uh, a university setting. Yep. Um, this methodology uh, is uh, apl uh, applicable, if not more valid in the real world. And it's something um, I think you know, everyone can use. So I would encourage people, even if you don't think you're a numbers person, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to give this a try because I think we're all visual and, mm -hmm. and looking at charts um, yeah. far more visual uh, for for people than a list of numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can't ask for any more than that. Thank you again, Mark. Thank you, Marilyn.